Okay, listener, if you're sitting there and thinking, well, is this all a podcast is? I could absolutely do that, but I don't know where to start. Let me tell you, neither did I. I had been a co-host but never produced my own but you know what made it easy? Anchor by Spotify. Everything is in the right place. You can even record and edit right from your phone or computer. You can host on Anchor and then distribute to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening to it right now, you can use Anchor to get there. It's all in one place. It's everything you need to make a podcast. And best of all, it is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Cyclone Family Podcast here on the 1012 Network. I am your host, Jamie Steyer Johnson. And, oh man, how exciting is this episode? My guest today has been requested by several people. So, yes, I am listening to you all. As a part of the Iowa State Women's Basketball Program, she was an honorable mention All American, three time All Big 12 selection, and the only player in school history with 1,500 points, 500 rebounds, and 500 assists. Her team went to the NCAA tournament all four years, including only the second trip to the Elite Eight in school history. She is still the highest WNBA draft pick in school history, going 10th overall in 2010, and was a part of the championship Seattle Storm team that same year. She is now part of a shockingly large club, I think three people strong of former women's basketball players now married to Iowa State coaches. My guest today is the freshly announced Iowa State Hall of Fame inductee, Allison Otzelberger, but you remember, remember her as Allison Lacey. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me on today. Well, like I said, you were requested. I had people specifically requesting you. I had people requesting spouses of coaches. So I figured two birds, one stone in the very best possible way. You're getting a two for one today. Yes. So right off the top, my mom has called you Aust for obvious reasons for over a decade. So if I slip into that, I wanted the listener at home to know that. But let's get into that. How does one make it from Australia to Ames, Iowa, especially at a time when ISU wasn't recruiting internationally at all like it does now? Oh gosh, that is a great question. Um, it feels like a lifetime ago, but, um, you know, I w- grew up in Canberra, Australia, so I grew up there and we had a lot of um, American imports play for our, our professional basketball team there and they all ended up staying and had kids there. So I was growing up with these, you know, American kind of kids and we would play basketball together. And, you know, as I'm ending my high school career over there, a lot of people had said, had you ever asked me, have you ever thought about maybe playing basketball in college? And, you know, that seems so foreign to me, you know, America was such a, you know, it is literally like a world away. So, um, you know, that kind of got put in my head and then I decided to do a year abroad and ended up in Iowa. And, um, you know, it really was like everything lined up perfectly. You know, I couldn't have got linked up with a better family and the Jensen's that took care of me for a year. And then to be down the road from Iowa State and to be recruited by them. And then, you know, your mom doing all the heavy lifting, Jody, um, is like the really main reason that I ended up at Iowa State. Yeah. And you guys are still really close too. I know that after you graduated, my mom was actually in your wedding as well as several former teammates of yours. So you still stay in touch with so many people from your playing game playing day so especially coming from overseas what do those lifelong relationships mean to you 
you know, it, it's so crazy to me. I was the kid growing up that I couldn't stay over at my friend's place. Like I would cry and miss my mom. And so the fact that I moved from Australia to America by myself, it was, you know, if I had told that to, you know, the 15 year old version of me, I would have laughed because, you know, to be that far away from home is, you know, would have been too much. And so to, for me to stay here after college and to get married and raise a family back here in Ames, um, you know, you kind of grasp onto those people that make you feel like home and your mom, Jody Stye has been one of those people that have kind of scooped me up, put her under her wing and has just been the best friend to me. And then, you know, I keep a pretty close circle. And so I kind of pick, you know, a handful of people that are really feel like they have my back and I have theirs. And um, they have gotten me through a lot of tough times here in America, being so far away from home. So, you know, it's really important to hold on to those true friendships. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So let's get into kind of the basketball side of things. You played in a lot of big games in your career. Do any moments or games in particular stand out when you think back on it? Oh my gosh, there's a lot of games that stand out for good and bad reasons. You know, I think <laughs> the, really, the really bad ones kind of imprint in your brain and then they, you know, turn into really good ones. And so, you know, Michigan State game going to the Elite Eight has to be one of my favorite memories, um, just being the second team to do it, the comeback, the style of game that it was. Um, that was just a really fun team to be a part of. We had a really close-knit group and everyone understood their role and it was just one of the best years. So that Michigan State game um, and then Kansas State game at the Big 12 tournament, that was kind of our rival um, in conference for us. And so I'd have to say Michigan State, Kansas State, and then obviously Iowa, anytime you play them is, you know, a game to remember. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it was really interesting to see last year kind of those memories of Michigan State come back as you know, Iowa State played Michigan State again last year. And so it's kind of funny how those kinds of games kind of become cyclical in the way that they're relevant, where like, okay, you're meeting this team once again, and you look back and you've got people writing articles about it. And so what's it mean to you to have moments and games that are part of, you know, the canon of Iowa State history? Like there, people are going to keep bringing them up over the years. I mean, it's like, it is so special because, you know, when I'm in the program in Iowa State and I'm playing there from 2000, 2010, 2006 to 2010, sorry. Um, you know, you hear about those big games. You hear about the game against UConn and you, the coaches are always bringing up these big pivotal moments in program history. And then now looking back to now, I feel like maybe we have a part of that, the group that we went through with. We have a couple of those, you know, it's such an honor. And, you know, it's, it's always nice to be remembered because there's a lot of hard work that goes into those, those years that I would say. And it is nice to, you know, have memories of those and for people to appreciate it and bring it back up. Yeah, absolutely. And then you look at things like having, having numbers that people don't match, you know, Ashley passed you on the scoring charts last year. You're still, like I mentioned in the intro, the only person with the combination of points, rebounds, assists that you have. So obviously every time I talk to a cyclone about numbers about records the first answer is always well it's a team effort well it's a staff effort but you've you've really said that a lot over the years that it comes down to being put in good positions by the staff and by your teammates 
Totally. And I cannot say this more about the program. Like Coach Benley makes all of his players look way better than we are. Like he is a mastermind in putting together a scattering report and making your highlights shine and maybe the areas of your game that isn't as great, he can hide them very well. So, you know, it really, he, all the credit needs to go to him and the coaches on staff because they make us look way better than we really are. So um, it is truly a team effort and we are a program that's not caught up in stats and individuals. So that's, you know, it's, it's nice to know that everyone's role in the program is, is important. And especially now as you're back in town, I know you've said that, yeah, you know, you've always followed the team wherever you are, but especially now you're back in Ames. What are kind of your thoughts as you watch this current team, as you watch these current players out on the court? You know, it's, it's fun to watch this group. And I feel like everyone gets this sense that it's only every couple of years you get a group that has really great chemistry and you don't get it every year. You can still have great years, but it's only special years you find a group that kind of clicks. And I think that's what we're seeing this year is this is a team with good chemistry. They have all the moving pieces that they want. Their year has been incredible and fun to watch. And I think they're going to go a long way in the NCAA tournament. And to have superstars like Ashley Jones and Emily Ryan and Lexi and the whole team, it's just Fun to watch them and I think everyone can feel that something special is brewing yeah absolutely so we talked a little bit about your playing days obviously but let's think of kind of that combined with where you're at now so you played in Hilton you know you know what that environment is like you know how important it is and obviously TJ had coached at Iowa State prior to this but what was it like when you come back to Ames you're going into Hilton and TJ is at the helm of the program you know it is so surreal and like I had mentioned before if you had told me this is how our story would pan out I would have laughed like we met after I graduated and he was an assistant at Iowa State and it has been a long journey to get back here and there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows and we went to a lot of places we went to Washington we went came back to Iowa State we went to South Dakota State to UNLV and so there's been a long, windy road to get back to Iowa State. And Iowa State has always been our goal and our dream. You know, all those other schools we are so grateful for and we've had great memories there, but nothing compares to Iowa State and nothing compares to playing at Hilton. And so to be back here and to be so passionate and to be really content and know there's no other place we would rather be, you know, we just feel like the luckiest people in the world. Like it does not get any better than this. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think that people have, they have an inkling because you guys are so like passionate and outspoken about how much you care about Iowa State, but I think it's, it's definitely different to see it in action, you know, like the emotion when TJ's announced, the emotion when you're there. And so is it, is, are there a lot of connections that you still had in Ames and in the area that when you came back, you were able to kind of go back into, you talk about home a lot, things that feel like home. Mm-hmm. Was it like just coming home? It Absolutely. It's exactly like coming home. You know, Iowa State fans are the greatest fans in the country. They are amazing. And not only the fans, but the whole university and support staff. And the greatest thing is, you know, the kids and I walk down the ramp to go into Hilton to watch CJ's games. And the staff that are welcoming us are the same as who were there when I played. And so it's just such like, as 
you know, a net of safety. Like they're so lovely and welcoming and kind and great to my kids and lovely to my husband. And it just is a nice to be in a safe space where I feel like we're all going for the same goal. We're all in it together. And so that's the best part is, you know, you walk into Hilton and it's all the same people and it's all the same people on staff that were here when we were here years ago. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I haven't talked about this a ton because I don't really have the occasion to, but I, I feel the exact same way. Like I'm walking into work to call games on the radio and it's the people that were there when I was holding my mom's hand to right, walk like, into Hilton. Right. You know? Isn't that crazy? Like you're the kid in the stands with like the, the banners and the posters and you're waving yourself. I remember seeing you in the stands, you know, with Callie's daughter and you guys are up there cheering and now you're, everyone's still connected and you're, you know, it's the same people. It's so crazy that we get to see everyone evolve and to grow up and to have that connectedness is amazing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a, like you say, a connectedness and a consistency that I don't think is all that common in athletic departments, especially at a high level, at a power five level, like Iowa state. And so what are kind of your, your thoughts and just your, your feelings on just ending up there really kind of by happenstance and where you ended up when you came to the States? You know, I always, I always, looking back, I think it really was the path I was supposed to take. Like, it is such a crazy, windy story. And, you know, you could never have made it up or written it. And so just, I really honestly think TJ and I are exactly where we're supposed to be. You know, my journey to Iowa State and the route I had to take is just exactly how it was supposed to be. And I'm so, so grateful to be back here and that my kids get to experience Iowa State because we would go to other schools and they would always know like mommy's favorite team is Iowa State and whoever daddy is coaching for you know and so now it's it's fun that they're the same team now yeah that's interesting because I was gonna ask like do your kids understand like what Iowa State means to you guys like to you to TJ have they really been able to embrace I mean obviously they're young like they're still figuring out the whole athletic and sports thing out but how much of a concept do they have of the importance you know I think they get it I think they can see that TJ and I are so excited about being here and this place means a lot to us and I think it also goes hand in hand they are growing up they are three and seven now so Jason and Olivia have lived multiple places and so I think they're only now starting to realize like what TJ does for a job and they still have no interest in if we win or lose or what's (laughs) going on or watching any of the games they really couldn't care less but I think they really do love Iowa State and they love Psy and Jace loves the colors and Jace has like a Psy collection in his room where the all things Iowa State and Cyclones. So <laughs> it's been fun to see them kind of embrace it because we've never had that given their age or we've just been at different places. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. Jace sounds exactly like Eric as a kid. Like all Psy, all, that's, that's why Eric became a Cardinals fan is because he thought the mascot looked like Psy. <laughs> And because the Fenleys were Cardinal fans. So yeah. I can, I can see exactly in my mind's eye. <laughs> yeah, sweet Jace. Yes. Yes. A lot of similarities there, I think. Oh my gosh. Well, I hear that you guys don't talk that much basketball at home. So you're not like diagramming plays for TJ when he comes home. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I think that some of the people, like most people think that we're we are a basketball family and that we would talk about it all the time but I always think it's funny because I see 
how many hours TJ and all the coaches put in to scouting reports and everything and watching film. Like it's so much work. It's such an all encompassing job that when he comes home, I really like to try and make it an escape because from the day, from the time he wakes up at four 30 to the time he gets home at seven, he is talking Iowa State basketball, all things, answering questions from the media, talking to players, recruits. Like it is so, you know, it's 24 seven with him. So when he walks through the door, I really try and make it like, Hey, can you take the trash out? Hey, this is me to take a bath. Like, you know, let's, you know, give him a break so he can just be TJ and not TJ the coach. Mm-hmm. And that being said, you know, basketball is on our, you know, on our TV all day, every day. And to the point where our kids are constantly complaining, that's all we watch. And so, you know, we will talk about other teams and that. And I would never bring up to TJ like the game, or I would just say like, great game. That's it. I'm not bringing it up because why should he have to answer to me or whatever? Like he already is answering to a lot of people. And so to make an escape is I think the best gift I can give to him. Um, So that's really what I try to do for him is make him feel like a normal dad. And yeah. Yeah. Very fair. It is, it is a lot of time. It is a lot of time and effort. So I, I had honestly kind of forgotten about this until I was doing my, my little pre-interview uh, research, but before you guys left Ames, you had a short stint coaching at Marshalltown Community oh College. Do you ever feel like the desire to return to coaching or return to basketball in any official capacity, or are you okay kind of being a step removed from that? You know, that is a great question. The strong answer is no. Like, <laughs> like I loved playing, but coaching is so hard. Like there are so many moving parts. And a lot of the you, people don't know it's a very small amount is about basketball and game prep. It's so many people and personnel and to kind of, you know, keep under your wraps. And um, it is a lot of work. And I always say like the hardest job is to be a coach or give me I would play any day get me on the court so I can feel like I have some control I would never want to coach it's too hard and then being a spouse is sometimes really hard because I feel like I have no control like I literally sit there and I want them to win so badly and to have no control over that is hard and so if I had to choose I would pick be a player to be a spouse, three coach. You couldn't pay me. You could not pay me enough to be a coach. <laughs> that's I, yeah. Anytime that you're, I don't say tangentially, that seems less related, but if you're a step removed where you don't have the direct impact on the court, but you still feel mm. the impact. Oh my gosh. It's just like, it's exhausting because like you said, you're putting so much of like your mental energy into wanting them to win. And ultimately you, you literally can't do anything about it except for you trying to like make TJ's life better and easier. So he could focus on work. Right. That's the only thing I control is like make TJ happy. So he has an easier, you know, easier time. And so, yeah, then you kind of get into your mind and you're like, well, I can't control it. So maybe, you know, last, last game we won and we left it this time for the game or last time we won and the kids wore this. So maybe, or last time we won, the kids didn't come to the game. And so I get it all into my head of like, how can I make the team win? Which things that have nothing to do with the game and have no impact on it. 
but you know whatever gets us through the day I guess I mean it that's fair because as I'm sure you know like me and my mom do the same thing like back when probably when you played it was that we would go get fried pickles before tournament games with coaches and like you just latch on to the most bizarre things when you played did you have superstitions like that a little bit, not too much. So, you know, like my left sock and my left short always had to be put on before my right. I always had to get to the game first and be out on the court first. I always had to get my ankles taped by Denise with one foot first. And, you know, I always repeat something in my head during a free throw. So little things like that, but, you know, it's all just to give me, you know, make me think I have more control than I do. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's, you, you got to do what works for you. Did you ever have competition for being the first one out on the court or did you get there so early that you didn't even give anyone else the opportunity? Oh, I know. I will not give anyone the opportunity. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still that crazy person because like in school pickup line, like the kids get picked up at 255. I'm there at 155 and I will wait in that car for an hour because no one is going to beat me to that first spot in the car line. God forbid my kids even wait out there for two minutes. Like I'm that still crazy competitive person with like the car line still. So no, no one's beating me on stuff like that. Okay. So you still have like a significant competitive edge since you're, even though you're not playing anymore, what are your other outlets besides the car line? Because I know you have to have some. You know, that's a good question. The car line really is like my pride and joy right now. Like I really, <laughs> you know, you find the little things in life. So that is it. Other than that, no, you know, TJ and I have kind of learned to stay away from competitive things with each other because we are both so super competitive. It never ends well at all. Um, and so the really, the only, you know, I pick my battles wisely. I know that the car line is something I can win. So that's what I go for. But anything else, we've tried in the past, like a tennis match or other things like they've all been put to bed because they don't end well. No board games, no nothing like that. Um, you know, no, we used to play card games a lot and there was randomly board games. But once again, like TJ is a bigger competitor than I, and he is very smart and he will do his cutthroat. Like he will not even let our three-year-old beat him. So you know, <laughs> once again, I pick my battles and that's not one. So can you see yourself ever, I know you said like absolutely no to coaching, but what about like a kid's league? Do you think you would be too competitive to coach your kids or do you think you could do that? Absolutely not. Because I just, (laughs) I feel like my approach is too direct. Like I don't have a very soft delivery, especially when it comes to basketball and something competitive. Like I, my delivery is awful and I cannot probably do it in the right way around kids and so no I will sit back in the stands and just clap and try and be that mom yeah my dad coached my teams growing up before I started playing competitively so in elementary school he coached me and Stephen Fenley was his assistant coach for like fourth grade girls and the day he decided to retire from that was when he was trying to explain a drill and a couple girls were just in the corner of the gym he goes hey ladies you listening One turns and goes, coach Ed, gotta be honest with you. Wasn't listening. We were talking about boys. So I, I take it that, that you're just off the table, off the table as far as that goes. I can't, I mean, I need the talent to be at a certain level and like seven-year-olds just aren't bringing it for me. So (laughs) 
especially not like your own seven-year-olds right i'm trying them like i'm trying to keep a really healthy loving relationship with my kids and that's not gonna happen if i bring in coaching so no oh my gosh that's that's so funny i i completely see it that's hey that's fair you gotta know yourself yes so do the kids i know we talked about them in iowa state do they show interest in sports and stuff yet i know jace kind of has a little bit um but how about the girls do you think that they're moving in any direction or just still too early to tell you know it's funny jace loves iowa state and he definitely he's the kid that you know if we play soccer in the backyard or basketball he wants to be the coach he doesn't want to play he wants the plan he wants to plan it out he's the coach or the ref so he doesn't want to really be the player so that's kind of where we're trying to get him to like participate and like you can play and you don't have to be on the sidelines so that's that's one thing we're working with with him olivia is into the dance and the tumbling and the ballet and so that's a whole new world for me but she's showing a little bit of interest in basketball and soccer as we're you know trying to see what sticks and we really try to let them lead us of what they want to do and not trying to force you know our passions on to them so you know we've done tennis we've done swimming we've done soccer dance, ballet, you know, all things that really have no interest to TJ and I, but we let them lead us. And uh, Stella is just, you know, too young and she just runs around crazy by herself. So she does not need anything yet. Yeah, I... I have some experience with that. Gosh, Stella absolutely kills me. But you, I know that you know you can talk to my mom about that stuff because she always talks about how she has no idea where I came from because here she was just wanting to do basketball and whatever. And I was running around wanting to paint my nails and put makeup and dresses on and not play basketball. It's so so funny. TJ and I always talk about like, who are these kids? Like, (laughs) Jace is the sweetest, kindest kid who loves doing art. And we're like, he's too kind. Like, who is this kid? Like, there's no way he could come from us. Like, he's too sweet. And then Olivia does, you know, she is a little bit of a mini me. She has a lot of fire in her. She's a little sassy. And, you know, I can feel the high school years for us are going to be challenging. (laughs) And then Stella is a mini TJ. She's full of energy and she's just a fireball. And so... It is kind of funny to see some good and bad traits of yourself coming in through your kids. Oh gosh. Well, it's so fun to see them grow up because their personalities are, they're something else. Obviously you (laughs) and TJ both have big personalities and I guess for content, obviously we know each other quite well and I've, you know, babysat your kids a little bit and whatever, but they are, oh my gosh, you just know that they're the kind of kids that Cyclone fans will see him grow up in the stands and it's it's such an interesting life to lead like do you think about that at all like for me I grew up coming to games and mm-hmm. people would stop me and say hey you know when I, when I was in high school saw you had a great game the other night and it's people I don't know mm-hmm. personally like do you think about that in the context of the support your kids are going to have growing up you know, I've never really thought about it. And I think right now, I just think it's funny because we walk in and to them, it's a lot of strangers coming up and talking and they're extremely yeah. shy in front of new people. And so they kind of shut down. And so I think it's going to be great for them to be accepting of lots of different people coming up and talking to them and hopefully helping them socially. But, you know, that's the best thing about being at Iowa State. As CJ and I have always talked about, it's a 
perfect place to raise kids because there's such a great support group of people that will just love our kids so much. And so that's the best thing you can ask for is just to, to surround yourself and your kids with people that, you know, absolutely love them. And so, you know, we feel so lucky to give them that. Absolutely. And I guess I, I've kind of buried the lead on this. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about just the season that TJ's team has mm-hmm. been having. So, I mean, to come into what is obviously by all accounts, a rebuilding year and to have not a lot of expectations externally. I mean, I'm sure that TJ had really high hopes for his group, but what has it been like for you guys just to see the team return to, you know, a higher level of success and just to see people so excited about cycling basketball? You know, it's, it has been such a fun year and it's still been stressful and there's still been ups mm-hmm. and downs as all seasons will be, but it has been fun just to get back into Hilton. And this group of guys is such a great group of guys. I think they genuinely care about each other, care about the, the coaching stuff. And, you know, I think the groundwork was really laid in the summer when we first moved here. And so they have put in a lot of work, um, And so it's nice to see that, you know, result in wins and success because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes a lot of that hard work goes with no wins. And so I'm just so happy for the staff and for the players to experience this because it's been a really, I think, surprising year in the best way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the best way to put it. So I have a couple, um, I'll call them listener questions, a couple requests here. So uh, the first one is uh, from a friend who went to Nevada High School, and his uh, question was, does she remember murdering my alma mater, Nevada High School, which I'll slightly rephrase into, you had a heck of a high school career coming over and just play in a short time. What was that like as kind of an adjustment to the U.S., to was it a different style of basketball at all when you came over? Yeah, it's totally, you know, it's the same. It's funny because it's the same language, like both countries speak English. It's the same game, mm-hmm. but the rules that, you know, the style of play is very different. And just like, you know, the language, like there are slang words and I pronounce things sometimes very differently than other, <laughs> you know, Americans. And so same with basketball, you know, the style of the game here is very different. And I had played up in Australia. So I was used to playing against women and older people. And so to come and play in high school, there's a huge transition. One, I'm the weird foreign exchange kid. I'm <laughs> that weird kid that I'm the kid that's going into the bathroom at lunchtime because, oh my gosh, I have no friends. And basketball was a great reason for me to make friends. And so that was a fun year at Ballard High. It was a lot of work because I had a lot of schoolwork I had to do yeah. to get eligible. So um, that was a lot of work, but the basketball part was fun and it was just a different group and I think the rules are different and so that was a big learning curve for me but good so I could get used to it for for college okay next I've got who was more excited to come back you or TJ I mean that is a great question <laughs> I don't know like that's pretty hard like uh I think that really is a tie like we love Iowa State so much like it's so hard to say yeah. and, like his dream has always been Iowa State and so is mine. Like, I don't know if there would be a winner in that. I yeah. think we're a good team. And I think, yeah, I don't know. On the scales, know. it really balances out for you guys. It seems right. Like. For different reasons. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
So it's it's a good it's a good not quite problem, but it's a good uh, equal situation to have. And yes. then I've got I've got a really interesting one here. Oh boy. Um, what is the worst injury that you have caused yourself that if you had just waited like 10 seconds and thought about it, it wouldn't have happened? Oh gosh, that is a good one. <laughs> you know, a lot of my injuries, no, like I was pretty blessed at Iowa State to have, I think I had a really bad hip injury, but I think that just comes from running too much. My worst injuries come from like hair straighteners and like touching them when they're hot. Like that's the worst injuries I get that like maybe I should have waited for it to cool down before I packed it. Like that's the bad injuries, you know? Yeah. Um, but nothing to do with basketball. Yeah. Right. So like three stuff off the court. That's so funny. No, I, I have a burn on my hand from grabbing a towel instead of a pot holder to bring a pan out of the oven yesterday. And my mom has a really bad habit of leaving her straightener on in hotel rooms when we travel. So a uh, high level of relatability. There. That's funny. Give me one woman that doesn't have a burn from a hair straightener or a curl. Like, give me one. Right, right. <laughs> okay, I've got just a couple ones left here. Um, what is like a favorite trip you've been on? I'll go specifically from basketball, whether it be with Iowa State or one of TJ's teams or really anything like that? That is a good question. I mean, like, we're so blessed to travel so much with basketball. Um, that is a great question. You know, I think the funny thing is when you're playing, you don't get to see any of the places you go. All you see is the hotel and the, um, the gym. Yeah. So if you can throw me anywhere, I don't really care because I'm not seeing any of it anyway. Um, but I think the, the best is actually Kansas City. Like mm -hmm. I was able to experience that as when TJ and I were dating before we got married and Karen Light was so much fun as just a fan. And then to play in it was also amazing. And it has such a good energy down there. So to be honest, I think it would be Kansas City just because of the atmosphere. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you a little over 30 minutes. I hope that you don't have a line to get to, but I have to ask. So, how excited are you to get down to Kansas City? I mean, I'm so excited. I'm leaving tomorrow morning. We're packing the kids up. Uh, we've got a, a couple coming in. Uh, TJ and I's best friends are coming in. We're gonna road trip it, and so um, yeah, we're hoping just to for the kids to experience. I mean, that's gonna be a different thing with three kids in tow. But you know, I'm excited <laughs> to you know check it out with everyone. And it's been a, it's been a long time since I've been there. And so I'm excited to experience it again and see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. So this episode will be coming out like as you're on your way to Kansas city. So you'll probably be passing a lot of cyclone fans on the road. I'll I be waving at them like, tell them like, turn on this podcast. <laughs> Just a little sign I'll in make, the window. Make a sign for me out the window, yeah. Perfect. We know, we know his artistic skills. Are, are they going to have some uh, fun signs made for, I'll say tomorrow night for Thursday night for the opening game? You know, if they had a nicer mother, maybe, but I'm like very much like, I don't want to bring a lot of stuff to the game. Like, you know, you have to take the clear bag and there's only so much. And like Olivia is a little bit of a hoarder. So I'm very much like you get to take four things into the game. Absolutely. That's it. So like, no, because I'm the one that's dragging it around. So no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I've got one more question that I have a wrap up for you. So if you got to design like a throwback uniform for Iowa State, mm. give us, give us a couple elements of that. 
Oh my gosh. You know, I would, I think it's important to do all um, cardinal because that is, I feel like that's so important. So I'd have to do it all cardinal. I would love like a scoop neck, just, you know, to keep, give it that vintage vibe. I would love yes. a corrective, but maybe on the front be like Hilton magic instead of like cyclone. That's so, you know, basketball. So that would be like off the top of my head. That's what I would go with. Oh, I, I love that. Like the gears are turning. I made my first uh, shirt with the cricket yesterday, which okay. is technically my mom's Christmas present. Uh, but I have confiscated it until after the season with the rationale being that then I'll know how to use it so I can teach her. So ooh, a Hilton magic Jersey. Okay. I, Oh, I really like that. That might I feel be- like that should be a good thing that we should take to the athletic department. Like, let's have a throwback jersey for the men and women once a year, you know? Yeah, like there's, I mean, there's plenty of cool logos that and stuff that we've actually used in the past. But, I mean, what's better than Hilton Magic? Especially, oh, I love that. Yeah, let's start a campaign. I think that we'd have a lot of there's people first, on yeah. board with that. I, I think we've got a couple connections, maybe. Mm-hmm. that we could enlist there. We'll see what we can do. Okay, Allison, last question for you. Uh, what does it mean to you to be a part of the Cyclone family? I mean, it absolutely means everything. It is my home away from home. It has, you know, I've said this to your mom. I've said this to Coach family, like this university, it changed the trajectory of my life in the best possible way. It was the hardest thing I've ever gone through but the best as well and so I can never thank this university enough for what it's given me it's given me a great playing career it's given me a diploma it's given me a husband you know it has given me all the things I need so you know I'm forever grateful to this school all right thank you so much for joining me Allison really appreciate it and I'll see you soon thanks Jamie I cannot thank Allison enough for her time in such a crazy time of the year for her and her family. Um, Absolutely an incredible cyclone and a terrific interview. Thank you as well, listener, for tuning in. Like I mentioned, she was requested several times. And so if you've got more requests, please continue to send them to me. I have a bunch on a list that I really love that I'm hoping to get lined up here. Um, But in the meantime, continue to send them in. I will try my very, very best to take them into account. This is um, a really crazy time, obviously, for me as well, for the Iowa State women's basketball team. So it really means a lot to have the support of me, of the team, and of course, of the podcast. As always, if you could do me a huge favor, we are still such a new show. So if you could log into whatever platform you're on, rate it, subscribe, maybe share it with a friend. We are um, continuing to put out new episodes every week as much as humanly possible. One more time, go ahead and send in any requests. You can find us on Twitter at CycloneFamPod, as well as me personally at JSties. I will have so much content up for the conference tournaments for wherever else uh, these teams may go in the postseason. This show is a part of the 1012 Network. You can find us on Twitter at 1012 Network. As always, listen to me on the 1012 podcast. We'll have a live show. If you're listening to this during the week, we will be live on Sunday on Spotify Green Room to talk 
brackets. And I will be doing the radio for however many games we have the fortune of getting for Iowa State women's basketball in Kansas City. All right. That's all, guys. Thank you so, so much for tuning in at CycloneFamPod on Twitter, at Jay Styes as well. I will talk to you next week.